Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. Welcome citizens to episode 101 of New Amsterdam Radio. 101. And for those of you who've been listening for a long time, you'll know that I arbitrarily made each season 25 episodes, which means this is technically the season premiere, season five of the little podcast that could. And I have to thank each and every single one of you guys for listening, for watching on some of the video versions, sharing the show, and telling your friends about it. You know, I don't like to put myself all about ratings as much, but I will say the needle has been pushing after about, I don't know, a year in lockdown. <laughs> the rewards are coming in. Uh, reap what you're sowing and all that. That can be positive or negative. And so I want to thank you for that, being able to tell your friends about New Amsterdam Radio and getting the word out, helping other creatives to tell their story, to uplift each other, and hopefully you can extract some blueprint moves to your own creative endeavors. Like my guest today, Annabelle Guthers is a joy to listen to. Her approach to her craft is kind of fun and infectious. In fact, after my chat with her, I wanted to go back and look at everything I've worked on in the music space, in the comedy space, and see how I can improve it. But before I get to my talk with her, I just want to say this episode and all the other episodes are available at newamsterdam.com, kwamsterdam.com. Learn more about the show and all the other shows that I'm working on. And some of the bonus content show notes are also available on Patreon. Be a member of the Boisterous crew and get access to show notes and uncut video and all that fun stuff by hitting up patreon.com slash flowboboys. That's me, F-L-O-B-O-B-O-Y-C-E. That's me. If this is your first time listening to the show. New Amsterdam Radio is a city, an entire city for creative people like you. Imagine that. The mayor, myself, the citizens, the workers, everyone else has a creative spark. And the idea is to connect each and every individual in that town, in that city, so they can have their ideas come through fruition. And you too could be a citizen of that by checking out the shows and supporting the shows and buying your own new Amsterdam t-shirt over at flopito.threadless.com. Enough of me rambling. It's now time for my chat with Annabelle Guthers. Welcome back to New Am Sam Radio, the podcast for creatives. And even though your boy Flo Pito, the mayor, is in the DJ space, I DJ weddings, I can't play a musical instrument to save my life. I like karaoke, but I can't sing. But my guest does today, doing big things in the musical space, not to mention the music video space. We'll talk about that too. Annabelle Guthers, thank you so much for being on the show today. Flobo, thank you so much for having me. It is an honor. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, thank you. So we're talking about this a little beforehand. Like you know, we we're like halfway across North America, but we're still enjoying the vibes here on this Friday afternoon, right? You bet we are. The sunny, <laughs> hazy vibes. Yeah, springtime's in season. But let's talk about you because you do a whole lot. And I stumbled across your music, and I was a little bit floored, but not in the way you're thinking. It was like, dang, it's dope, cause it is. But but like it's like it's like dope, but it has a little bit of heart and soul to it. So I gotta ask you, if you're at a party and you tell people that you're a musician or you're a singer, how exactly do you describe the, the the actual blend of the music you create? 
Wow, that's a great question. That's a really great question. I would say it's eccentric, but not, you know what? No, not eccentric. It's eclectic. That's mm -hmm. the word I would describe it because I don't think that my music necessarily fits in to one genre in particular. I like, I sort of just express myself and however it comes out, it comes out. And so I would say, but predominantly acoustic based. Okay. Predominantly acoustic sort of live instrumentation sounds. But definitely, definitely eclectic. It's a little bit of rock, a little bit of folk, a little bit of pop. We yeah. just like to dabble. Yeah. Was this always a dream to, to be in to the music? You know you what? Just be an accountant one day and then <laughs> on the radio. You're like, forget it. You know what? I always loved music and I was most drawn to just the stage. And then growing up, I didn't know what exactly I wanted. I knew my passion was music and performing. I also really enjoyed acting, just being on stage and connecting with people through song. Um, but I wasn't really sure. After high school, I actually went into health sciences because oh, wow. I, was like, I feel like I need something stable just to fall back on. And it was around that time I was writing a lot of music and I was performing a lot. And my mom's like, what would just make you the happiest? And I said, music. Like, I think if I could just write every day and perform, that would be, that would just like fill my heart with such joy and sunshine. And she's like, that is what you got to do. And so then I enrolled at Berkeley uh, College of Music Online and here I am now. Yeah, was it like a an immediate familial and support, or was it kind of like, are you sure you want to do that? Like, how did that go when you're like, no, this is the path I want to take? Was it everyone on board? You had to convince them, had to pitch to them. What? I didn't have to do any pitching. They are the most. I have the honestly the most loving and supportive family. I I am truly blessed in every sense of the word. And so they were like, if this is what you want to do, then you have our support a hundred percent. And I was like then this this is it <laughs> yeah, yeah why berkeley curious you know what okay when i was in grade 10 okay. a friend of mine who was in grade 11 she was applying to universities or thinking about it and she said you know my dream is berkeley college of music because it's you know one of the best music schools in the world and i was like huh berkeley college of music. so i looked it up i did all this research and it turns out it, it is truly one of the best music schools in the world especially for contemporary works and right. so i was like you know what if i go into music that is the, that's going to be the goal is to get yeah. into berkeley college of music and oh my gosh i have to say <laughs> they set the standard for like what music education can be i cannot i cannot emphasize just how much i love the school and i just had the best experience there yeah, this, uh, as someone who, again, has not touched anything formally in music. Actually, to tell you the truth, music is one of the few C's I got in college. Uh, how, I must have been, was it nerve-wracking, though, to be in a room of, like, other geniuses like yourself and <laughs> trying to learn something? Yes, definitely. It's, you know, a very humbling experience because you're just in, you just are exposed to so many brilliant people and just with extraordinary talent. And it's inspiring. And it just, for me anyways, it really inspired and encouraged me to just keep working harder and harder to just improve and better my craft. Mm -hmm. And so when you approach your craft, do you think of like writing for the song, writing for a feeling first, you hear a music piece first and write to that. What is the process for Annabelle? What is the process for Annabelle? 
Usually there's, what is the process? (laughs) (laughs) Usually I feel like I'll have something that I want to say, like a story that happened to me or even something that, especially now, you know, since we've been in lockdown, I've been inspired from other people's works, like movies, TV shows, things I read in the news. I'll feel like inspired by an experience And usually I'll have a lyrical idea that pops into my head with the melody and then I'll just sort of build from there. Okay. Yeah. And then after, after that, I'll sort of decide the key and then I'll try and put together a rough arrangement to send um, to my co-producer so that we could really like flesh it out and make it as impactful and, you know, sonically enticing as possible. Sure. (laughs) Walk me through like the, the grind of it all though. You are just writing something and the rhyme doesn't hit or you try to hit the right note and it doesn't work. It's late at night. Neighbors are like, quiet down over there. Like, <laughs> what, what does that feel like in, like in the thick of it all? You know, that's all that you have the questions, Flo, but you have <laughs> the questions. <laughs> Flatter me. <laughs> You know, I try to apply, you know, what Berkeley says is they give you the tools, like everyone has sort of the capacity and then they just give you the tools to work through those challenges. Um, I would say melodically is usually where I get stuck and I'm wanting to come up with something, you know, memorable and something that lasts. I'm all about, you know, trying to create timeless music, which is very, very challenging. But yeah. I'm in the thick of it. I just I just keep going. Sometimes if I'm really stuck, I'll say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go to bed because usually I, I find like my best ideas come at night. I'm, like, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to read this in the morning, see what's sitting right, see what's not and just work from there and just keep working at it until I'm satisfied sort of with the results. And sure. sometimes you just have to let it go and you're like, wow, this just didn't this didn't pan out. I just didn't move on. <laughs> yeah. When you get to be famous, you get the box set. Like these are all the things I like gave up on. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I come from the stand-up comedy uh world, and that's I guess that's like the, the more thing I'm crafting in that way. And you said something that just hit me the same way. Timeless, right? You want to make timeless jokes, you want to make things that are funny after a week or so, but I do feel now there's a little bit of balance there. Like, there is a little bit of a need to, to dimension what's going around and is happening today, but you still want to tend to test the time. I mean, is that like a challenge for you or there's a needle that you easily thread? Like what is your approach to keeping timeless music but still addressing the news of the day? Wow. I try and I try and keep it, okay, this is just really personal taste. I try and keep it as honest as possible, but without using sort of like current um terminology of that not terminology but just like sayings like yeah those things like let's say let's say the term rad you know that's gone out of gone out of <laughs> style. <laughs> but, it, it is <laughs> but i would probably not use that in my songs just because i i feel like especially lyrically i want to say something that will resonate today that will resonate tomorrow and could still resonate in a hundred years from now. Well, I dabbled in uh, comedy music and it's a terrible song, but I did it because uh, all the comedy clubs this time last year shut down. There was no I way for me to, to perform. I uh, need to hear this. I mean, it was called Alone <laughs> in the Club. <laughs> so I have to mention it, but the idea was the same. It was like, well, here's my song about being in quarantine because again, it was a time in March where we had to like rush and get our toilet paper and get our food. So my, my refrigerators were all stocked, but like I bought all the cheap stuff that was hanging around that was left at the store. So was it any good food, you know? So I was oh. like, oh man, I, I'm in a VIP section of a club no one's in yet. 
And there was that to me, that was like the fun part of trying to address the feelings of what's happening without saying pandemic stuff. And it's great because have I done that a year later, we're all been like, boring. We already have enough <laughs> pandemic content, you know, but I realized like I can't rap either. So don't, don't die about that. Don't no, die. but I love that. It's like expressing sort of what you're going through in a way that's universal. Yeah. And a way that's again, that's again, timeless. I just, um, I love that concept, by the way. I'm going to need, I'm definitely looking this up. The second we're off. I feel like you're, I know you're brilliant. I know. Well, you're, I just can't wait to hear it. Well, here's my next question. I did it once and I, I had the fun doing it, but I was like, I can't possibly do that again. So I got to ask you this. You make a song, you put your blood, sweat, and tears, you go, that is one. And now number two, like what happens if you do not number one and number two song? Do you take a break? Do you go for a walk? Do you have writing sessions? Like how do you, how do you approach each birthing of each track? Wow. Okay. So I try and write one song a week and that's not fully, not fully produced, but just melodically, lyrically complete. And with all like the form and the song sections done, done, done. And then after that, I'll work on sort of producing demos and then really, and then flushing it out. But I, I feel like I'm, I just put a hundred percent into, so then I can't really go like, okay, now I need a break. If I'm just on it the next week, then I start again the next week. And that's how, that's just how I've sort of developed. It's a little bit of a creative habit, I guess. No, I so agree. I a little bit all the time, but I do get, I do get invested though. In like, was I, oh no, I'll never write something like that ever again. And then I, <laughs> I get in my head a little bit. You just keep going and you just hope for the best. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree. I think the difference between a hobbyist and a professional, people say if you get paid, but not necessarily. I think the difference between a hobbyist and professional is that when you say, if I'm not really feeling it, but there's a structure of me doing it, or maybe not today, I have the habit to do it. I think that really sets the part. So I do, I love the process. I'm just curious to be like, how do you do it? Because I'm thinking these songs here now, they're just all, they're great. And and they they do hit a lot of genres, a lot of feelings, a lot of moods. It's pretty awesome. Thank you so much, Flavo. I can't even imagine what it's like to come up with a comedy sketch. I honestly think stand-up comedy is one of the hardest um, <laughs> disciplines for in like in the creative field for real, because people are expecting you to make them laugh, and that's just. I mean, for me, I like that would be so much pressure. So I'm in awe that you that you do that. That's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. But uh, yeah, I I rather do that than produce music more than once. But let's, <laughs> but let's talk about your music. I was just listening to not the girl with disco version just before we got on the call. Uh, one, don't that you took a song you created and reinterpreted it, but the music video it's pretty trippy, pretty wet, and I heard it was created within the throes of lockdown. What? <laughs> oh, how did it all come together? How did the remix come together? How did you do the video? Tell me everything. Okay, so funnily enough, not the girl disco. So I have like an album version, which is more cohesive with the rest of that body of work. But the not the girl, the disco version was actually the first um, one that we produced. So we produced, it was when we were sort of trying to decide on the sonic palette for the record, even though it is eclectic there's still a cohesion there but at the beginning i had sort of i produced three songs in three totally different styles there was not the girl which was in this disco style because i had some funkier songs and then i had mountain man which was a previous release of mine which was more like acoustic and folky and then i had another one which was on piano and it was like a it was like a ballad it's called bloomer and it was like a little musical theater esque 
And so then once I, but then once I continued to write, I was like, oh, I like this song for the record. And I like this song. It became increasingly evident and apparent that we were going to go with the more acoustic sonic palette. So I was like, okay, I have to make, find a way for not the girl to fit in with the rest. Cause I, I loved the, the song and I, I felt like it had a place on the record. Um, but not, so it was not the girl disco was the first one. And then we, we produced it again. Like I think about 10 times to get to the acoustic version. Wow. But I had this version and I, and I was like, why not just release it? And we just had so much fun with it. I was like, I was, I'm here with my family. We're like, you know, let's just do a music video for it too. Um, and we did that during lockdown. And that was, um, that's been so much fun. We had a great, a great laugh. <laughs> yeah. So all practical effects, I guess, costumes in the basement, recorded it, like. Everything, everything in the basement. We ordered like some outfits on Amazon. We also got the tinsel on Amazon. We got a little disco ball and like a little light all on Amazon, set it up in the basement, just like hung it from the ceiling. And my mom, videographer extraordinaire, sister with the makeup, dad, I, I say with like, you know, set design. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, but we had, a, it was, a, it was just a great, I think, experience for all of us. We had a great time together putting it you know, putting it all together. <laughs> was it a one day shoot or a weekend or a couple of days? It was just on the weekend. It was just so the parts of me were were here, and then the other of the of all the of all the men in the video. That was just um. I, I probably shouldn't reveal the secrets, but you know what? I will. <laughs> <laughs> all just that was all just Shutterstock clips. We had this. We sort of like conceptualized the video, and then we had just so much fun going through and and saying like just putting together. It was all just in in good fun. All yeah. In just you know um sort of showcasing all these guys who might have a little bit of an inflated sense of self and we just we had we had the most fun there's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit yeah. so any more music videos in that format are we going to uh, get mom and dad to, to come out with a set design and costume design or are they retired like it was i think they're temporarily retired but they <laughs> might come out of retirement for <laughs> heck yeah <laughs> We have some music coming down the pipeline, so we might need they might need to come out of retirement. So we're gonna we're gonna see where we play it all by ear. <laughs> Absolutely, and and now we're been in the springtime of 2021, and we survived 2020. What does the next 12 months look for Annabelle? I definitely have some um, new singles that I'm planning to release along with before. I should say before the release of Loose Ends, which is my debut album, which I'm really excited about, a little bit nervous about, but really excited yeah. about. It. <laughs> um, and then I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep um, keep writing music. I'm hoping you know one day to be able to perform perform the songs live when everything opens up and it's safe for everyone. Because obviously health is the number one priority. Um, but hopefully I'll be able to perform those. And then I'm just, I, I continue to write and hopefully be, I'll be able to continue to do um, exactly what I'm doing because I am just loving this. And I'm just so grateful for every second that I get to do this. Are you more at home writing, performing music videos? Like when do you feel more com most comfortable on the process? I would say I think writing music. That's like that's where I I really feel like you know when you sort of get into like your zone and a flow. Yeah. I would say when I'm writing, I'm like this is that's where I feel at home. And also really on stage, I've always felt um, until I get on stage, I'm I'm a bag of you know nerves. But when I'm on stage, I really feel um, comfortable and I really do feel like I'm at home. 
Absolutely. And I'm, I can imagine the concept of changing your name, buying your merch, doing the little lighters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, before this interview, I was, I was perusing your social media and uh, I let your people know I am enamored with your hat collection. Let's talk about this. How many hats, how many designs? Put me on. <laughs> I just, you know what? That is so funny. I don't know. I, I don't know how many hats I have. I realized over the years, I've always been a hat person. Like even when I was 12, I had this marigold hat, like bright, bright sort of, you know, that blend of yellow and orange. And it was, it was the favorite, like my favorite piece of clothing I've ever owned. And it's that trend, you know, sustains me. I seem to, I love hats. I have probably, <laughs> no, in that closet right over there, I have like probably at least 20. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like a hat, you know, if you're having a bad hair day, you put a hat on. You have a pimple on your forehead, put a hat on. Right. I like, like a nice like additional piece. Like it kind of just finishes an outfit. So I definitely have a number of different hats and a number of different styles. And that is just, I am, that is hilarious. <laughs> Very observant. Swag. I was like, okay. <laughs> fashion. I love it. Make it fashion. Uh, but yeah, I, I I would say on my other, my sister show, After Hours, I try to make a point to act, put a hat on because it's supposed to be like me outside, but lounging but inside my room. And I'll have like so many Mets hats. It's not even funny. So I totally respect that. I get that. So <laughs> I was like, a hat person. I get it. Uh, can we tell me, talk to me a little bit about Annie's pajamas? Because I like pajamas, and you know, you seem like a good cool person, so I like Annie too. So, come together, fantastic project. Tell me more. Thank you. Yes. So, Annie's Pajamas is um, a social enterprise that I started. Um, I feel like I've been working on it for many years now, but this year is the first year that we launched. And basically, it's a children's picture book series in conjunction with a corresponding line of pajamas. And the sale of every unit sold is donated to help facilitate access to education in countries across the globe. Yeah. And, and the book series follows young protagonist Annie as she explores the world. That's her real, her, her like dream in life is to explore the world and learn about the world in different cultures and all from the comfort of her magical pajamas. Because who doesn't love pajamas? Right. Yeah. It's one of those things where you're like, I don't think I need them. But then you get them you're like, oh, wow. This yeah, is great. <laughs> I, I live in my pajamas. I That's sort of a little how I guess the concept for the stories was spawned from my love of pajamas. I'm like, if I could wear my pajamas everywhere, oh, yeah. my gosh, would I ever. So so people can like to buy them now, buy the series now. The books now, the pajamas – that's a great question. The pajamas, the pro our production was a little slowed because of COVID, but sure. we'll be ready imminently with the pajamas. They can buy the book now on our website. And we have a puzzle too now because we oh. had some requests for puzzles. So we decided like, you know what? It's COVID. A lot of kids are at home and who doesn't love putting together a puzzle? I mean, it is not too hard. I get really mad sometimes. <laughs> like, ah, oh, forget puzzles. Yeah. No. You know what? That's so true. Puzz puzzling is puzzling. Great, agreed. You know, especially the but this one, I think, I think this one is very, very manageable. It's a hundred pieces. They're quite large. You know, no choking hazards because we don't want that. Right. And so I, I, I think, I, I, think I appreciate you made one easy, easy in a matter of seconds. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. You're like, I'll make it super easy. Even you can do it, Slovo. <laughs> <laughs> like a ten thousand. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, 
Well, I mean, as things start to, I don't want to say open up. I feel like I'm jinxed if I say that. But but do you do you, do you have like a, a a bucket list of venues or things that you want for your career? Like, what do you want to see yourself traveling in specific places, or just kind of like keep your options open? Like, what's the vibe? You know, I'm kind of open to everything and anything. You know, I think for me, one day the dream would be to like really the the dream would be to perform at the Bell Center because I'm from Montreal and that's sort of like our our big you know, yeah. like stadium arena. So that for me would certainly be a dream. I would love to perform. Also, this is, this is me just feeling very, you know, um, in the dream universe. Um, there's an amphitheater in Verona, Italy. And that also would be one of, one of my dreams to perform there. I went, I had the opportunity years ago to see an opera there and it was just, you know, there's just something very magical about being in Italy and being in this ancient amphitheater with so much history and just experiencing live music in that, in that space. So I think for me to, if I could ever one day perform there, that would also be a bit of a dream. Oh, fantastic. I've been to Italy once. I've been to Rome and Naples and it does, really, it does change you. You come back and you're like, Oh, Italy is like this. You know? <laughs> you a different <laughs> yes, and focaccia and everything. Uh, but I, I don't Italian food. I I fell in love with focaccia there, but definitely bombolini with like the little donut rolls, like donut holes. So they're for breakfast. Every place had them. Like, oh, bombolini! Yay. Exactly. Bombolini and americanos were like my thing every day when I was over there. It was oh amazing. my gosh! Yeah, the, and the funny thing is that because the food is so fresh, I lost weight. I ate so much more, but I lost so much weight. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. We should all move to Italy. Done. <laughs> that does it right now for us. Uh, <laughs> we're going to Italy, y'all. Uh, well, uh, again, but I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate us hanging out with you, learning about your process and all that. Where can people find you online? Where can they see their hat collection? Where can they get Annie's pajamas? Hazel Tess, you just promote everything and anything. Oh, my God. You name it. I'm on it. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm there. The I, I don't even know what the handle, my handle. I, you know what? This year has been a real learning curve for me with social media because I was really not on it prior to, prior to all this, but yes, my handle, Annabelle Guthers, A-N-N-A-B-E-L-G-U-T-H-E-R-Z slash Z. Z I realized that it's Canadian. Z is American. So A-N-N-A-B-E-L-G-U-T-H-E-R-Z. <laughs> not to confuse anybody, but that is <laughs> You could also go to my website, AnnabelleGuthers.com, and it's all consolidated there as well. My gosh. <laughs> my, my parents are Caribbean, so I understand. <laughs> it's all British colonies. I get it. But I was like, Z oh, yes, yes, what up? Is that in the Z. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And I hope people like uh, get to follow you, and, and hopefully they can like interact with you as well. Is there any way you have like Hangouts or do you respond to comments online? Do you have like live streams, any, anything like that? I you know what? I'm gonna. I'm inspired now to do all those things. I got. I'm. St I'm so. I'm so learning with. I'm such a newbie, but I'm learning, and I will do all the hangouts and the lives. So I love that. Yes. yes. Say yes. Figure out later. I love it. <laughs> that is DIY to a fact. Yeah, we can do it. No problem. <laughs> it, you know what? It can be done. Anything can be done. It is achievable. <laughs> that is the most inspiring thing I've heard all week. You know what? That is, I, I can't say that's actually one of my heroes, if not my ultimate hero, Dr. Tanadai Trent. She is the epitome of all that is possible. You got to look her up because that is her, that is her catchphrase, Tina Gona, it is achievable. 
And if you, you read her, like, if you read her story, you'll see anything and everything is achievable. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours. 